Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Jingle bell, jingle bell, all the way on a one horse. Are you going to open? Open. Happy holidays, everybody. I just don't know that song as well. Guess what, Katie Mordhorst? What? What? I am already very drunk. Hammered. Hammered is a word for it. We'd like to let you know that we wanted to try Ciroc. Yes, and um, Ciroc, highly recommended. Delicious. If you haven't had it already, go get some. Um, It is good. I don't even taste it. Yeah, no, it's just, it's it's the perfect alcoholic additive to your life. I wonder how much money Diddy makes on a bottle. Oh, are we supporting Diddy through this? Here's what I wonder. Okay. They could give him like an appearance fee because I don't think he has any ties with the making of this. No, I feel like he wouldn't get a cut of every bottle. He gets like, he gets certain residuals for whatever. For appearing on the ad. Exactly. And being like, everywhere I go, I carry Ciroc. Yeah, but us like... Buying Ciroc doesn't give his. I don't think so. I molesting think raping safe. ass any money. Right. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. So today we're here to talk about Diddy. Diddy. Uh, P. Diddy or Sean want, no, Puffy I, Combs. Let me or, tell you. Let okay. me tell you. All right. According to Wikipedia, yeah, Sean Love Combs. He recently changed it again. Great. Also known by his stage names, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, or Diddy, is an American rapper, record producer, record executive, and actor. Okay, so he's known by those names, but... um, Do you know they missed one name? Puff? Puffy? Dirty Diddy Money. No, do you know what that is? What is it? It's him performing with a group that's called Dirty Money. Oh. So it's Diddy, Diddy, Dirty Money. money. Because they're like, Diddy, comma, Dirty Money. Oh, okay. I know, I know. I was was like, do you have a name for every different performance you do? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so I guess his name came from, he played football for the academy, the Mount St. Michael Academy. Oh, okay. So it sounds like he went to private school. I know, it does, doesn't it? You know, I don't know much about him at all. I'm not like a hip hop person. But one thing that like is sort of filed in my brain is that he's like a rich kid. Really? I think so. I think he comes from... Oh, it'd make a lot more sense. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me seeing some of his performances, quite frankly. I have things to say. Okay, so Mm. it says here, I don't know why they combined this with him going to that school, but they said he was given the nickname Puff as a child because he would huff and puff when he was angry. Oh, okay. All right. Um, And then... In 1997, under the name Puff Daddy, he recorded his first commercial vocal work as a rapper. So he changed it to that. And then, okay, Combs changed his stage name from Puff Daddy to P. Diddy in 2001. Can, is there anything you found as to the evolution from Puff Daddy to P. Diddy? No. I'm very curious as to, like, what was the, you know, impetus for this change? Next to that, it says the gospel album, Thank You, which had been completed just before the beginning of the weapons trial, which was when he got arrested in a club for bringing a gun. Oh, okay. Which I think because it started a fight. Yeah. What I don't know about this man is Legion. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Me neither. Um, Okay. And then in 2005, he said, I want to change my stage name yet again, and I would just like to be called Diddy. Okay. Then, just a few months ago on Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, he said, I just changed my name again. <laughs> what is and it? And it's Sean Love Combs. Okay. He's like, my life is all about love now. Yeah. And I just put out a record called Love. and But everyone's just like, hey, Diddy, what's up? Like, are we supposed to be like, hey, love? Yeah, yeah. No. Or hey, Sean, and like your middle name is Love now? Well, he used to be like, Listed in tracks uh-huh. as Sean Puffy Cone. Yeah. Because, you know, he's known by like both, but like, dude, I don't know. It's confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like there's some, <laughs> I know nothing about this man. Seems like there might be some identity disturbances, quite frankly. Yeah. Like he's just doesn't know who he is and keeps on changing or maybe he likes to change it up maybe he's just you know a labile person who feels like a different person every day who knows labile labile the word of the day labile usually associated with mood it means you're sort of like up you're down you're feeling good and happy and then you're feeling sad and it can happen you know in the same day or in an hour that's i mean yeah yeah so tell me what you do know about him okay my main exposure to Mr. Combs, if I may, is uh, I think in the 90s, I s- happened upon a Saturday Night Live where he was the musical guest. Yeah. And I saw him perform. And I think I had never seen him before. And I just knew him as like a rap mogul. And I'm like, oh, this is probably going to be like great. And he just stands there sweating like a goddamn pig. In black leather with this, you know, what I understand, trademark sunglasses on now. Well, a bunch of ladies dance sexy around him. And he just screams this song about like, I just remember him yelling, power, 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 a lot. 
And just basically, other than that, completely deadpan, doing nothing. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my life. And subsequent minor research into him on YouTube has uh, confirmed that point. He's such a bad performer. Yeah. Yeah. Is he known for that? Uh, here's what I think. He's not really known for anything. Okay. Well, which I'm not like, that's not true. But like, what do we like? If you had asked me a few weeks ago, what do I know about him as a person? Uh huh. Him outside of like some songs, I would say nothing. Yeah. Like, I just feel like he's always flown under the radar. Like, he's not that interesting. He's, I, I was just about to say, he's just not that compelling. In my, yeah, I always you know? thought he looked like a nerd. He, yeah, he like, looks like a nerd. He seems like a better producer. Yeah, I think Maybe. that's more what he's known for. So, like, yeah. If I knew what songs he really did the bulk of producing on, I yeah. might be like, wow, he's talented. But I don't know. And to me, he's not talented. Yeah. I mean, at least I don't enjoy watching him perform. It seems no. to me, just from my, what I've come to understand of his oeuvre in the last day or two, he's really good at getting people together. Yeah. And to like getting people with him to do things. And sort of like, I don't know, it's, he's just he's always with somebody. He's always with Nicki Minaj or this band or that band or whatever. I don't know their names. It's because he's um, the CEO of like Bad Boy Records. And so part of his job is finding new artists. But it seems to me also that he's like not a good performer. Nobody wants to see him do anything. So he like forces his way in yes. to like doing duets with like much, much better bands. Yeah. Just because he's like, he's like, I'm here too. He's like basically it's throwing his presence me. in our face. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And he's just so not good. I want to talk about that. I'll be missing you at the one year's VMAs with Sting and some wonderful gospel singer that I. Faith Evans. Faith Evans. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, okay, so I want to give you more information about oh, that. Oh, give me more information. But I'm, I I have been toying with where to start anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. because P. Diddy's back in the news now. Okay. Because of the Cassie lawsuit. Yes. It's funny because it is so reminiscent of other lawsuits mm-hmm. that have happened recently. Yeah. Like Evan Rachel Wood and Marilyn Manson. Uh-huh, and Russell Brand and lots of people. And, um... FKA Twigs and Shia LaBeouf. I've heard, yeah, Shia LaBeouf. These three Mm -hmm. lawsuits are about being in a romantic relationship with these men. Yeah. And being utterly controlled and like literally beaten up, which I guess that's obviously what domestic violence is. Yeah. I guess I didn't know that sometimes it also turned into... Locking people in a room for days and, like, tying them up and just oh, yeah. beating them senseless. It's all about just any kind of, like, control. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's not only going to be, like, physical assault. It's going to be, like, emotional abuse. It's going to be, like, controlling, like, maybe well, yeah. what they eat and, and where that, they go, right. who they talk and, to. And it being kind of, like, brainwashing. And like, yeah. So hard to leave because you've already been shown what will happen to you if you disobey. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, I'm like these, all these women are beautiful women, and they've yeah. been getting beaten up. I know. Yeah, I just can't believe it because if you see Cassie now, I mean, she's still beautiful. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. 
that's why we're here today, um, basically, is because now we know there's evidence that he's a huge fucking asshole. And has there been whisperings and murmurs for years and years about him? Yeah. I think there might be. But he's never been someone, I think, who's attracted really mainstream media. Yeah. Because probably, he's so yeah, boring. The reasons that we're saying, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing that interesting about him. Yeah. He doesn't have much of a personality, it seems. No. Yeah. I always thought he looked like a nerd. Okay, so my friend Elizabeth was like, I remember thinking he was hot. And I was like, what? Yeah. Okay, I was watching a bunch of videos recently because he's got beef with, like, different artists like 50 Cent. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 50 Cent is hot. Yeah. And Sean Puffy Combs is not. But does, does he have beef with other artists a lot? Yeah. Well, probably most of them are more talented and better looking than him. That's no. just, I'm just going to throw that out there as a possibility. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. So let me start um, from the beginning, kind of. Mm -hmm. Basically, he got on the scene. This is how he started in the music industry. Yeah. He got an internship at a label, which is almost kind of like an imprint, I would say, of the MCA records. It was called Uptown Record. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's based in Harlem, and mm -hmm. that's the whole idea behind it, is that yeah. it's Uptown. Got it. So okay. uh, Andre Harrell started that. Yeah. And he's from Harlem, and so he's like, our whole thing is we're making, like, Harlem rap. Because mm -hmm. I think it's like there's this kind, and then there's, like, whatever they were doing in Brooklyn. Yeah, And yeah. Um, before he started that he had also had his own recording career okay um but didn't like go very far with that before he became in charge of this label so he's kind of like diddy's mentor so diddy started there as okay. an intern as an intern because just going back to the fact that he seems like a kid who Rich. comes from some kind of privilege it's like yeah he got an those are the kids who get like an intern what was this like after college or high school or during high school? Um, by 1990, 20-year-old Sean Puffy Combs began an internship. Oh, yeah. So... During college, During probably. college. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean... Well, so then I think the, the news around that was that he was a very talented A&R person. Okay. So he, he, I am assuming, he had an eye for talent. I have no idea. Okay. I I thought being A&R just meant you were like the person recording and being like, the sound sounds good. What does A&R mean exactly? Okay. It's like artists and representation? Artists and repertoire. Repertoire. Okay. So yeah, it is about like, he's good at like matching artists with like what they should be focusing on. Yeah. In terms of, yeah. So he's like, seems to be more of like a developer of talent and a developer of careers. Yeah. Yeah. I always Which thought it meant you were doing technical shit. So it's interesting that I looked this up. Yeah. Because I think the technical shit is just like you have to be a sound engineer or something. Right. Yeah. And I think um, if you ever watch someone recording a track, um, there's always a guy sitting there who's like, do it more like this. Do yeah. it more like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's because mm -hmm. like maybe it's the producer and they had this whole idea for what this track was going to sound like. Like they have a vision and they need you just to fit into it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's part of that too. More cowbell. Exactly. That guy, right? That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a clip that would be interesting 
to play right now. Yeah. This is a clip that I saw on TikTok. Mm -hmm. It didn't originate on TikTok, but it's this woman I had never heard of. And she's basically saying that, um, well, isn't it interesting that um, all of these people around P. Diddy have uh-huh. died? Yeah, that's so what I want to know about. Let's start here. Yes, please. I was thinking to myself the other day, Uptown Records started with five people. Andre Harrell, I'll be sure, Heavy D, and Puffy, and Kim was the longest working employee because she was there from the very beginning. She was Andre's personal assistant. Kim is dead. Heavy D is dead. Andre Harrell is dead. The only two left are Puffy and Al, and Al almost. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Heavy D was found dead face down in the heart attack. Andre Harrell, heart attack. Kim died from pneumonia, but there's the first coroner's report that said that she died. It it was ruled a homicide, and they found toxins in her body to prove that she had been poisoned. You know, they they have poisons that create heart attack and pneumonia-like symptoms. And then right after that, Al had a meeting, and I was going to meet up with him because we were in Vegas. And then the next thing you know, you want to know what they all had in common, though? The survivors and the and, and the late of Uptown Records, they were all writing tell-all books. Mm-hmm. Andre was writing a book right before he died. Heavy D was working on a book before he died. Kim Porter was working on a book before she died. And Al B. Shore was working on the documentary of his life. And then he goes into a coma. Has Puffy ever been... In a coma? Has he? Has anything happened to him? He must be the luckiest motherfucker because it seems like everybody that worked at Uptown Records from the very beginning. So gone. Just him. I guess Al disappointed you. You know, it's... I speak for a reason. When you see this bullshit-ass motherfucking game fucking with people that you love, that you like, you know, that you... It's too many coincidences. Too many. So this is Jaguar, right? And she's, or they, I don't know, are kind of a, they're kind of famous, right? I've heard the yeah, name. Yeah, you have? This is going to be, everybody, this is going to be two white people talking about yeah, hip-hop. Yeah, we should have said this We should probably beginning. say this at the beginning. Well, that's why I have we no don't know idea. anything. I have no idea what's going on. Just, I just want to put that out there. So there's going to be a lot of, like, learning and growing on the fly. But um, you've heard of her? Jaguar, right? I've, she's, you know, like, yeah, I've heard the name. I don't know anything that okay. they do. This is but... what her, this is her Wikipedia. She's an American singer. She's released five studio albums and collaborated with artists such as Lauryn Hill, Common, and Jill Scott. Um, basically, so she's not... she started as, like, doing background stuff. Yeah. And was brought to the attention of hip-hop group The Roots in 1998. Mm-hmm. And then she would perform with them. She's also appeared on MTV Unplugged as a backup singer for Jay-Z. Yeah, so she, I mean, she's intertwined in the industry and works in the background, and then she's also... So yeah, she's famous in her own right. She's yeah. probably not a crank. No. You know, so, and I found what she said to be... And just, like, very... 
interesting and compelling. And just because she just seems like a person who's telling it to you straight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the background of that. Uptown Records was a record label founded in 1986 by Andre Harrell. Mm-hmm. He's the guy in charge. Um, he was in a group called Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and they only did a couple of songs. Okay. Then he got together with Heavy D and the Boys and Marley Marl, and they made a song called Uptown is Kicking It. Okay. And they turned this into a, a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wrote, if these names sound familiar, they're all referenced in the Notorious B.I.G.'s song, Juicy. Okay. Where he's like, kicking it with Heavy D, Molly Mall, and the... Yeah. I, can, I yeah. can't rap like him. He's very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then by 1990, Sean Puffy Combs has an internship there. By 1993, Harrell fires him. Okay. Um, Why do we know? um, What I have found Uh are Andre and Sean talking about the firing years later. Yeah. And only having like really good things to say. Okay. Yeah. Like, so after he got fired from there, he started his own label called Bad Boy Records. Okay. Almost immediately. Uh And he took the Notorious B.I.G. with him. Oh, all right. So Andre Harrell says, well, Notorious B.I.G. didn't really fit with my label. Mm Mm-hmm. Notorious B.I.G.'s from Brooklyn. Okay. So I think it's like he's doing a new kind of thing that doesn't... uh, He said that he didn't know what to do with it. Well, it seems to be, from what you've said, there is like a Harlem sound and a Brooklyn sound. Yeah. And, you know, like, never the twain shall meet, at least at that time. I don't know. Yeah, so he's like... He's like all too happy for um, P. Diddy to take Notorious B.I.G. with him. Okay, that's what he says. Right. Yeah. But it it also looks to be like uh, Puffy poached him. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably what led to the firing is that Puffy had this idea for his own label. And it started like talking to people under the table. It's like, will you come with me if I start my own thing? Yeah. Andre got wind of it and was like, fuck you. Right. Yeah. And, Speculation. Um. So if you want to ask me how I know P. Diddy. Uh-huh. Uh, like, my first experience was around 1999 when he does that I'll Be Missing You yeah, performance okay. at the VMAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a tribute to the death of Notorious B.I.G. Yes, you yes. Um, and I always attach to a song if I feel like I've heard it before. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, P. Diddy took that song from Sting. yeah. I'll be watching you and uh-huh. changed it to I'll be missing you. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know this song. Uh-huh. Oh, new words. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's about someone who died. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Just then, at the memory, Katie is getting down. You have to I'm see dancing. her dance. She's dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's go back to okay. how Notorious B.I.G. died. All right. Um, he had a debut record in 1994 called Ready to Die. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, prescient. At the same time, Mary J. Blige was also at Uptown Records. Mm-hmm. Um, and around here, she left to go to Death Row Records. Okay. Death Row Records is the West Coast. Okay, let's talk about Tupac and Biggie. Okay. They die around the same time. Uh-huh. Because prior... 
there was this beef between Bad Boy Records mm-hmm. and Death Row Records. Okay, and Bad Boy being Sean Puff, Puffy Combs. Sean Puffy Combs and Death Row being Suge Knight. Suge. Suge, sorry. Yeah. I, I only read his name. I don't think I've ever heard it pronounced. It seems weird that it's... Yeah, 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 that it's Suge, but it's S-U-G-J-E or something. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Suge. White. Like I said, white. I am glowing with whiteness right now. Right. So Death Row Records is from California. Okay. So they call it an East Coast, West Coast beef. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go back. Uh, Death Row Records be- started because Suge Knight founded it in 1991. He started out as a security guard and before that was a member of the Bloods. Okay. Oh, he's in the, a gang. Yeah. Then I think it was like, you know, he's a, he's a big guy. He'd be a good security guard. Okay. As he was working as a security guard, he saw that there was money to be made in the music industry. And so he started Death Row Records. Interesting contraposition mm-hmm. of different leaders of these two record labels. Yeah. In terms of like one who had like, you know, sort of like the scrappy, you know, had to pull himself Shug. up by his claws, Shug, yeah. and then what we're presuming to be somebody who grew up with no mean amount of privilege and opportunity. Their beef becomes known. Suge Knight is like, for some reason, peeved at the East Coast rappers. Uh-huh. I like to think of them as blue. Okay, yeah. Bad boy and everyone on the East Coast is blue. Uh-huh. Death Row and everyone on the West Coast is red. Yeah, because those colors the make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make okay. sense. Yeah. So Suge Knight's peeved at the East Coast rappers, and he thought that they were condescending to the West Coast rappers. Okay. Um, I believe that this is just inferred from what he said at the Source Awards in 1995. Mm-hmm. We should watch the clip. Okay. But he gets up on stage. The Source Awards is specifically kind of all about hip hop. Yeah. So it's not as whitewashed and stuff as like the VMAs. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets up on stage and he's kind of like, um, if you want to be a part of a record label where the CEO isn't trying to dance around in your videos, yeah. <laughs> come to death row. <laughs> Nailed it, Mr. Suge Knight. Right? Nailed it. Yeah. Nice work. Um, yeah, trying to dance. It, this, it's so because I watched a clip right before I got here. Yeah, of him of one of his Saturday Night Live performances, and that is all. It's when he, the Dirty Diddy Money. Oh, the Dirty Diddy Money clip where that's basically he is dancing mostly in the background, like he's the most hyper kid at the middle school dance. He's not a performer. No, no. Okay, let's watch the clip of Shug. Second of all, I like to thank my whole entire Defo family. On both sides, you know what I'm saying? Like to tell Tupac, keep his guards up. We ride with him. And one other thing I'd like to say, any artist out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos, all on the record, dancing, come to death row. I know. No, and everybody in the audience is like, oh, my oh, God, the snap. shade. Yeah. yeah. Tupac is a death row artist. Okay. Uh, he was born on the East Coast mm-hmm. and living on the West Coast. And so at some point, he's um, he was, like, in and out of prison. And Suge was like, I really want you to be a death row artist and, like, would go visit him in prison. Okay, yeah. And be like, come to my label. Did you know I once had a music history professor who used to teach a class in Tupac? 
No. Yeah, because he's like a poet. I don't, uh, once again, I don't know anything about him, but, you know, the idea that he was a poet is of long standing. And he was in a movie with Janet Jackson called... Oh, yeah. It's, it's the called Beach House. Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice. Not at all on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Poetic Justice follows Justice, who's Janet Jackson. <laughs> She's justice and justice is in the title. Yeah. And she's a poet. Yeah. She's mourning the loss of her boyfriend from gun violence. Okay. Who goes on a road trip from South Central LA to Oakland on a mail truck along with her friend King and a postal worker, Shakur. Okay. Who she initially cannot stand, but soon helps justice deal with her depression. (laughs) All right. Seems um, pretty by the numbers. I just think Tupac was hot. Yeah. Like, much more appealing to the eyes mm-hmm. than Diddy. Oh, for sure. And he was he was really good with his words. Yeah. Yeah. And he made, like, good music. Yeah. Um. So, before he joined Death Row, he had already put out two albums and starred in three movies. And then he was in New York because he's charged with sexual assault. Oh. He needed to pay his legal bills. Okay. I know I'm not going to go into that. Yeah. Um, so in order to um, raise money for that, he was doing as many tracks as he could. Okay. So during the day, he's going to court. Yeah. And at night, he's going to record in the studio. What a weird life. I know. Wow. So he shows up at Quad City Studios, which was in Times Square. Mm-hmm. And a shooting happens in the lobby. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and this is kind of what people will point to as, like, also the beginning of the East Coast, West Coast beef. Okay. Because he's showing up there to work with... East Coast people. Yeah, just, just for me. Just so I can keep everything straight. Um, but basically he gets shot and he's waiting for the, um, ambulance uh-huh. and he's like looking around and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. And he just like left that with like a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah. Appar- yeah. Apparently, um, then while he was in prison, which was, you know, yeah, he gets shot. <laughs> he recovers. Mm-hmm. He goes back to court. He goes to prison. Yeah. Diddy visited Tupac in prison to reassure him that their crew and bad boy had not caused the shooting. Okay. All right. Um, well, he's recording for bad boy, correct? I think he was doing a guest track. I don't think it ever actually happened. Oh, okay. But then why, why would bad boy shoot him? Shoot him. I don't know. That's why this is so hard. I feel like P. Diddy is like, we had nothing to do with it. Of I know. Of course. It's like, well, nobody thought you did because you're the people who are like giving in the recording space and producing the but whatever. I guess if if you want to send a message to Death Row Records uh-huh. and you know where uh, Tupac's going to be because yeah. he's coming to work with you uh-huh. and you have someone show up in the lobby to shoot him. Okay. You know, you Wait, know where he's going to be. coming from Death Row? I'm sorry. I'm confused. You still don't know? I still don't Tupac's know. Tupac's red, Death Row, West Coast. Okay, but he's coming to New York. Yeah, because he has a trial. Got it. I'm sorry. So Tupac is from Death Row. He happens to be on the East Coast, but he's not recording with Bad Boy. I think he is. Oh, okay. So they're loaning him out to Bad Boy. Yeah, I don't know how it works. Okay. All right. Got it. Tupac... Was recording at Quad Studios in Times Square, gets shot, and is wondering what the fuck just happened. Yeah. And then Sean and then, Puffy Combs is like, 
We, we didn't do we, it. No, we don't know what's coming. Then on. following that in yeah. February, uh-huh. um, Biggie released a B-side track called Who Shot Ya? Oh. And although Combs and Biggie denied having anything to do with the shooting and stated that Who Shot Ya had been recorded before the shooting, Tupac interpreted this as a taunt. Okay. Um, so then who died first, Tupac or Biggie? I don't know. I know. So yeah. September 6, 1996, Tupac was shot in a drive-by shooting. Mm-hmm. This is the fatal one. Okay. And died at the hospital six days later. All right. He's in Las Vegas at the Mike Tyson fight. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. What was the t- what was the time span between the first attempt and the shooting that killed him? Like, how long was it? It happened in 94, so it's two years. But for those two years, um, like, then Tupac put out a song called I Fucked Your Wife. <laughs> you know, like, they're just taunting each other. Yeah, okay. Um, it's tupac gets shot in las vegas after he's at the mike tyson fight okay all right interestingly earlier in the night he's inside the mgm grand which is Mm -hmm. where the fight's happening yeah and he gets into a fight in the lobby oh with um a guy named orlando orlando anderson who is in a gang so um at the time, they didn't really want to do a trial in Las Vegas and mm-hmm. try to find out who shot him. So someone just wrote an article and was like, well, it was Orlando Anderson. Click case closed. Oh, OK. Because they would be inviting a bunch of black people because mm-hmm. it's like the person, um, you know, Orlando Anderson in this fight and then Tupac and his people and all yeah. the witnesses. They really didn't want to invite a whole bunch of black people to Las Vegas to have a trial. Yeah. They don't yeah. really care. Yeah. And I I doubt, yeah, in Las Vegas, things would not go well. Right. You know, Nevada. What wouldn't go well? A trial of black people with a jury from Nevada. I see. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they didn't care. And so then about six months later is when Biggie was shot. In Los Angeles in a drive-by shooting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then P. Diddy puts out this song, I'll Be Missing You, with Faith Evans and 112 mm-hmm. uh, about Biggie's death. It was released May of 1997. Biggie was shot March of 1997. Okay. Um, the song spent 11 weeks at number one. It won a bunch of awards. Um, interestingly... P. Diddy never asked Sting to use the song. Oh, okay. So he never paid him for it either. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can we watch the VMA clip? Of course. Because I fucking love it. In my opinion, uh-huh. this song and the death of Biggie uh-huh. puts P. Diddy on the map. Yeah. Uh-huh. He also earns tons of money from this song. He doesn't pay Sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writer of his rap verses is yeah. someone else. He didn't even write it. Oh, okay. He asked Jay-Z to write it, and Jay-Z recommended a guy named Sauce Money. 
Okay, great. Sauce Money comes out later and says, uh, Diddy never paid him a dime. And um, he made so much money off the physical sales of the single that he just didn't care to like pay Sting or pay Sauce Money. So later there was like something where then he owed Sting a whole bunch of money, uh, which I think was made worse. And then like he was like, sorry, Sauce Money, I can't pay you. Because if he had just started off the whole thing, be like agreeing to something with Sting, yeah, yeah, it would have been better. But he made so much money immediately off mm-hmm. of it; he just like didn't care. You yeah, P Diddy made this joke that like he owes Sting like five thousand dollars a day for the song, <laughs> and then Sting came out and was like, "Yeah, he doesn't pay me five thousand dollars a day, though." Well, that's why I'm surprised at the uh, in the VMA video, which I adore. That he um, did it? That he did it. But anyway, we'll talk about it when we get there. Because I have things to say about that video. We're here. Let's watch it. Okay, yeah, let's watch it. It's all about him. <laughs> it's all about him. And there he is dancing. Yeah. Like, where did something he learn approximating dancing. This reminds me of when Michael Jackson did, like, a Native American dance in one of his videos. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's where I think he got these moves. Oh, that he got to perform his version though. I'll be watching. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, he does say I'll be watching you. Okay. It's kind of hard with you not around. Know you in heaven smiling down. Lip syncing. Can you see that? Lip syncing and indicating like. Pray for you. He literally puts his hand in the prayer position. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then goes from side to side. Yeah. Strength. A, a, a thoughts. He's got his fingers going to his head. Well, like, he's singing live. Staying. Oh, yeah. Steve is... Uh, Steve. Steve. <laughs> I'm just going to call him Steve from now on. And okay. who's that you said? So that's Faith Evans. Faith who's Evans. Biggie's wife. Oh, okay. And she sounds fucking phenomenal, but she looks like she wants to be anywhere else. Like she's just like, fuck this shit. Look at her. She's just like singing gloriously and does not give a shit. And like letting her hair fall in her eyes. Yeah. Like, she's I like, don't like want to She has her fucking trench coat on. She like walked in from the street. I just thought that was like a cute outfit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It looks like she wants to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh look, he got some other people to do the moves with him. Oh good, it, yeah, in uh, in similar white suits. Mm-hmm. I I love Sting's look during this. He's like, I know I'm flat, and I don't want to be here either. Faith, can we just like go out for a drink <laughs> and fuck this noise? I think they're like. Why does he get to lip sync? Yeah, well, yeah. Cause, oh, because he has no talent. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, yeah. You know? I cannot get over his dance moves. They are totally... Atrocious. They're show choir. They are fucking show choir. Like from being in school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, he might as well pot a beret. I think at some point he does a step touch. Oh. Yeah, it's very Zumba. sad. Zumba. 
You have to listen to this. Uh. Gianni Versace. Oh, yeah. Princess Diana. So he's like, now made this song about everyone that died that year. And yeah. also did performances at things that were like tributes to Princess Diana. It's kind of interesting that he wants to involve himself in the deaths of many people. Isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Well, okay. Just to Here, echo what Jaguar Wright said. Yes, here's yeah. my opinion. Uh-huh. He has been accused of killing Tupac. Okay, yeah. P. Diddy. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me, here's what it looks like from the outside. He killed Tupac. You know, his dude is Biggie and Suge's dude is Tupac. Mm -hmm. So he was like, fuck you for saying that, Suge. Yeah. I'm going to kill your artist. Uh Uh-huh. And then Suge was like, well, fuck you. I'm going to kill your artist. Yeah. And then P. Diddy lucked out with this like chart topping single in which he like takes advantage of deaths that he caused directly or indirectly in order to have a big hit and get a lot of attention for himself yes and then right after right after this yeah biggie's next album is like he had already been making it it's released posthumously yeah yeah who makes the money off that album we bono who Diddy. Of course. <laughs> I don't know what Quibona means. Oh, it means who benefits. Yeah. So, because years later, Valletta Wallace. Uh-huh. Who, Valletta. I love that name. Yes. Yeah. Valletta. And that's Biggie's mom. Uh-huh. Comes out and is like, no, I never saw a dime. And okay. do you know how big Biggie was after yeah. he died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His album was huge. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the beginning of Mr. Combs' career mm-hmm. is... You can do whatever the fuck you want and make tons of money off of it. Yeah. He he doesn't sound like he's the most above board businessman, at least. No. Yeah. I just want to read some reviews of I'll Be Missing You. Oh, please do. Please do. Tom Sinclair from Entertainment Weekly panned the song, giving it a grade of D mm-hmm. and describing it as a maudlin tribute to the notorious B.I.G., in which the late rapper's former mentor, Puff Daddy, and wife, Faith Evans, team up to say their farewells to the big man on a song that samples the police's every breath you take. With lyrics like, Know you're in heaven smiling down, watching us while we pray for you. I'll be missing you gives the lie to those who claim hip-hoppers are above self-serving sentimentality. Uh-huh. British magazine Music Week rated it four out of five, calling it a dignified tribute. James Hyman <laughs> from RM gave the song. We are children. We are absolute children. That is a an honorable name? old name. He should be proud to have it. And here we are. Why should he be proud? I don't know. Everybody should be proud of their name, no matter how embarrassing or as much as it sounds like something sexual that it actually is. Well, James Hyman liked it. Good for James Hyman. David Frick from Rolling Stone wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Hyman and Frick have things to say. David Frick said, In I'll Be Missing You, he didn't merely crib from Sting. 
He he took a song about stalking and transformed it into a radiant hymn of brotherly love and a community's lost. Oh, okay. Lost. So he likes it. Yeah. I thought I read a bunch of um bad things last night. I must have mm-hmm. just like been reading it in a sarcastic voice. You were also drinking martinis last night, so you might have been just like, yeah, he hates it secretly. He hated I don't know. It. He hated it. Yeah, well, so it did well. It made him a lot of money. Well, yeah, I mean, sentimental pap is always going to make you a lot of money because there's a lot of people who don't give a shit. It's lowest common denominator. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to those people at Uptown Records. Okay. Andre Harrell, dead. Uh Uh-huh. Albie Shore, almost dead. Okay. Heavy D, dead. Dead. Kim Porter, dead. Dead. Wow. Kim Porter. Kim Porter. Was Puffy's wife. No shit. So what happened was. Uh Uh-huh. She was Andre Harrell's personal assistant. Okay. She married Albie Shore. All right. Then um, got together with P. Diddy after that um, in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. They ultimately split in 2007. But, okay. oh, remember when Diddy was dating J-Lo in, like, 1999? No. Really? I know nothing. Did he need publicity for something? Yeah, I think so. Probably, yeah. She did, too. She yeah. was, like, oh. her um, music debut. Oh, so that was, like, the beginning of her career, and she needed to be connected with somebody with a lot of press. Yeah. Got it. Kim Porter died in 2018 in Toluca Lake, California, after experiencing flu-like symptoms for date. Okay, I have an idea about this. You do? Yeah. What is it? Ricin. Oh. Yeah. Did you ever see that Breaking Bad episode where he poisons, like, yeah. two people with ricin? Mm-hmm. Flu-like symptoms last for about like 24 to 48 hours and then you expire. But before that, you have, it seems at least from the show, that it's kind of like, you're just like, oh shit, I have like a really bad flu or something. Yeah, you wouldn't go be like, could you see if I've been poisoned exactly. with ricin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems to be one of those poisons where it's like nobody's going to check for it unless they have reason to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her cause of death was listed as deferred on her death certificate. Oh, okay. And then an autopsy was completed the next that day. That literally says, we're kicking this can down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She died in November 2018. Mm-hmm. Finally, in January 2019, the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office confirmed her death was a result of low bar pneumonia. Low bar pneumonia? Yeah. Like L O W L O B A R. Lobber? Oh, oh, so, okay. No, I was just wondering if it was like, you know, that's a low bar to no, get under. It does and sound you, like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. In the, uh, what's that dance you do where you go under the bar? Oh, limbo. Yeah, limbo. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Okay, so they confirm, they deferred it, and then they finally decided that it was low bar pneumonia. Okay. Now let's talk about her death. And okay. I guess I have According a video to, to watch. Today, okay. Porter's autopsy reports revealed that she was found unresponsive in bed on November 15, 2018 at the age of 47. She had reported... Look how beautiful she is. She is gorgeous. ...flu-like symptoms days before her passing. After Porter's death, her ex-husband, Albie Shore, who is also the father of her son, Quincy, took to social media to state, and I quote, she sent me this saying, life imitating art, art imitating life. Now it all makes sense, end quote. 
And according to Radar Online, Porter told Shore that she was running. In response, he reportedly asked her to call the FBI. Shortly after revealing this information, Albi was he was in a coma for two months. Nonetheless, Albi Shore also took to the internet to express doubt over Porter's pneumonia yet again. Sorry. Can we play that again? That's really fast. It's really fast, and there's like a lot of details about what's going on that I need to hear. Um, just because it it, it sounds like she feared for her life. Well, she was on the run. And according to Radar Online, Porter told Shore that she was running. In response, he reportedly asked her to call the FBI. Yeah, it sounds like she was like in in fear for her life. Right. And so after she died, he posted on Instagram, Kim Porter's murder and how it ripped the soul from my physical body. Okay, so basically he's calling it a murder. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's posting on social media that it's a murder. Albie Shore never explained what led him to that conclusion, but the court of public opinion has its theories. As someone tweeted, but when Albie Shore was saying something happened to Kim Porter, nobody wanted to listen. Then he got sick suddenly. Oh my God. Y'all should have listened. Uh, they rekindled before she passed, I guess, Kim Porter and Albie Shore. Well, they seem to have, like, you know, a, a good nice relationship, relationship, even though they were ex. I mean, they had a child together, and that makes you kind of have to deal with each other. Right. Yeah. Then another person pointed out, this is just people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Porter was writing a tell-all book, then magically died, and computer misplaced. Oh. Yeah, All right. computer was misplaced. Yeah. Albie Shore got violently sick after blaming her death on Diddy. Okay. Then... Kid Cuddy's car blo- got blown up for no dating shit. Cassie. That's coming later in the lawsuit. Kim Porter and uh, Diddy broke up in 2007. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they ultimately break up in 2007. They okay. had two kids together. Diddy. Diddy and Porter. And Porter. Yeah. Okay. And then when she when was she with Albie Shore? Um, before the 1990s. Oh, okay. So, so she, they had a son they, early on. When they started Quentin. the record label, yeah, she was with Albie Shore. Okay. Then when they broke up after having a kid, she got with Diddy. Okay. And they're all working at the same record label still. Well, remember, he got fired in 1993. G- okay. So, no. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. Then they were on and off, except... I mean, apparently, because he dated J-Lo. Uh-huh. You know? But yeah. He also never married her. So, like, some people online are like, why would you have his kids if he said he'd never marry you? And I'm like, well, don't blame her. Not everybody wants to get fucking married. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what their deal was. Everybody back off with um, the marriage shit. They had a kid in 1998, went to court in 1999 over custody okay then they reconciled in 2003 all right in 2007 they break up and she opened up to essence magazine explaining why she chose to wait for combs to leave town before packing up all of her things okay including the kitchen table yeah he's she says i wanted to be dramatic i wanted him to know i wasn't breaking up with him for two weeks or maybe leaving for two days. If I pack up everything, twins and all, yeah. it means I'm out. Puffy's an action person, not a talk person. Yeah. So I had to have an action telling him, babe, I'm leaving, wasn't going to do it. So she cleared out the fucking mansion. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but it yeah. kind of sounds like when you leave your abusive dude, you know? 
Wait, but by like making sure you take all the furniture and everything, I, it no, sounds actually the opposite town. to me. Well, no, it sounds like not that she, not that Diddy might not have been abusive, but it doesn't sound like that was at the forefront of her mind. At the forefront of her of her mind was sending him a message that this is forever. I am taking your shit. Fuck you. It was more of like a to me. It's more of like a like suck my dick, as opposed to like. I'm just getting out of here as fast as possible because I'm, you know, in fear for my, me and my child's safety. Right. Yeah. It's more like I'm taking all of your shit. When we divorce, I will gut you. That's kind of what it says to me. So the timeline was she died in 2018. At 47. uh Okay. I'll be sure went into a coma in 2022. Um, that, that brings up the fact, okay, so Kim Porter, 2018, died. Yeah. I'll be sure 2022 died. What about the other two people that Jaguar Wright was talking about? Andre Harrell's death was 2020. Okay. Um, because he's so behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. I'd say, you know, like Rolling Stone wrote about him dying. He died at 59. Uh Uh-huh. He's not, like, famous. Yeah. So they're like, he died, and nobody's really, like, batting an eye, I'd say. Well, because none of these people are household names except for P. Diddy. Right. Yeah. He died on May 7, 2020, at his, like, at the height of the pandemic. Yeah. He was 59. The news of his death was first announced on Instagram. Um, According to Wendy Credle, Harrell's ex-partner. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because he's very obviously gay. Oh, well, you know. So anyways, he had been suffering from heart problems in the time leading up to his death. Okay. So, like, I can't even read the Rolling Stone article because I don't subscribe. Oh, I think I have it. Do you want to read it? Um, For Al B. Shore, the thing that they're saying is, like, he had bariatric surgery. His health drastically improved. And then he collapsed while he was working on new music and was rushed to the hospital. Oh, And he remained in a coma for two months. So, like, another person who's not a huge star, so there's not a whole lot of information about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, nobody's curious about, like, what killed him. Especially if you die during the height of the pandemic, you know? Oh, but he didn't obviously die of COVID. It doesn't say that. Oh. Oh, so... That's they're they're just sort of like not saying he what died. he died of. Yeah, he died. Okay, huh? All right. So that kind of like makes things a little bit more mysterious. But why? Why aren't they saying? Well, maybe uh-huh. they're being paid off. Maybe, yeah. Um, or maybe it was something. Okay, so maybe they're being paid off by P Diddy, or maybe they're being paid off by the family because it was something. That they consider untoward. Maybe it was, you know. He was doing gay stuff. Just kidding. (laughs) Yes. Or maybe it was drugs. You know. Here's what I think. Yeah. I think Al B. Shore and Andre Harrell were not at the top of the news list. Mm -hmm. So they're, um, you know, it takes a long time to do toxicology reports. Yeah. We just found out how Matthew Perry died. Did you see that? Yeah. Ketamine. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew? 
when someone dies, Mm -hmm. like the first thing that comes out is just like they're dead. Let's look back at their accomplishments. Yeah. Well, and not only that, like these journalists aren't putting it together that it's like all these people from this particular record label, you know, Jaguar Wright is being like, oh, this is interesting. Everybody's dying within two years of each other Mm -hmm. as they're starting to write tell-alls and memoirs. But it's like, you know, your average journalist on the music scene isn't like that immersed in institutional history. Mm. So. Heavy D was another artist at mm-hmm. Uptown. Yeah. And Heavy D I've heard of. He died in 2011. It says from a pulmonary embolism. Okay. I don't. He doesn't pique my interest. I mean, he was Heavy D. Yeah. Pulmonary embolism. He's probably dying. What's a pulmonary embolism? It's where, um, you know, you could get like a a DVT in your thigh. It's where there's a clot. That's basically. how my grandmother died. Yeah. You can yeah. get a clot in your vein or a clot in your uh, lung. Yeah. She had a clot in her leg and she was on a bus to Rochester mm-hmm. and it like it released from wherever it was in her leg for years. Mm. which resulted from like a fall down the stairs years ago, but it like released and it just went up to her brain and she died. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens. Oh, wow. Those things come on quick. Well, so P. Diddy went on to have this show called Making the Band mm-hmm. where he put together a girl group. Yeah. And he would bring his people in basically to yeah. help them with their singing and their dancing. Mm-hmm. And he had Andre Harrell on. Okay. I don't, I couldn't tell you what he was there to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I saw him, I was uh, who like, "Who can ever tell what P Diddy is there to do?" Or Andre Harrell? I don't oh, know. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They're just there to be. Yeah, he's like, yeah. this is one of your mentors now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's there, and it, immediately I go, "Oh, this man is gay." Oh, okay. Um, and so then I'm reading more about their relationship. Yeah. Oh, oh I've heard. Right. I heard. Well. I saw a little, like, my legs are moving in a really excited way right yeah. now because I love this shit. But, yeah, I heard, like, maybe Diddy has some, like, homosexual tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. So 50 Cent is kind of always saying that about Diddy. Oh, think, really? Because he's, he, you know, he's like, ha, he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really. <laughs> he's gay. Let me tell you what the story yeah. is. And these uh, these are not from you know, hard news sources. Uh-huh. These are the rumors. Yeah. Um, Which is all we care about at the end of the day. P. Diddy got that internship at Uptown Records. Mm-hmm. Andre Harrell became his mentor. Mm-hmm. And meaning like a sexual relationship. Yeah, yeah. Because Andre Harrell's mentor was Clive Davis. Interesting. Who is bisexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Clive Davis basically groomed andre andre groomed diddy uh-huh guess who diddy groomed usher okay usher who is rumored to be gay correct mm. okay all i know is i used to watch episodes of the boondocks okay and there is a series of episodes about a particular like hip-hop artist who is fictionalized but is based on a real hip-hop artist who is supposedly gay and in the closet. And I don't know who that is, but, but I thought, thought it might be Usher. Usher. Yeah, so that is that is my very, like, 
tertiary understanding of this. My whole thing about this is these people aren't necessarily gay so much as they want to be in control of someone younger than them. So, you know what I mean? Well, there's also the idea of like they say this about Tom Cruise. He's just he's like he's ambisexual. Where it's basically, it's like, he'll fuck anybody who will further his career. Yeah, and I kind of think that's true in Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, But let's watch this clip of Usher talking about what it was like to go live with Diddy. Oh, oh, he lived with Diddy? Yes. Why? Why do you need to do that? He was a young teenager. Uh Uh-huh. And (laughs) supposedly it was L.A. Reid's idea. So he gets like a record contract with L.A. Reid. Mm-hmm. And then goes, go live with Diddy. I moved to New York City and I lived with Sean Puffy Combs for a year. That's the crazy thing. Now, that yeah. was L.A. Reid's idea, right? We're sending New you over York to City. something called Puffy Flavor Camp. There you go. To learn <laughs> Flavor some... Flavor Camp? Yeah, Flavor that's camp. what it was called. And you're going to go to Puff Daddy's. He's In pre- the 90s. Do you understand what that's like? Puffy's place was like just filled with chicks and orging like nonstop, right? No, not really. Come I mean, on. but did I, hey, it was curious. I got a chance to see some things. Yeah, but you were 13. What were you I seeing? I went there to see the lifestyle. Right. And, and I saw it. And it was... <laughs> and it was. But I don't know if I could indulge and understand what I was even looking at it was it was pretty wild was, so nobody tried to you know some woman didn't come along i didn't say that okay I, I didn't say you, that. <laughs> what i did say is that there were very curious things taking place uh-huh. and i didn't necessarily understand it uh-huh. biggie smalls was there Biggie smalls was there lil kim craig mack all know, these people all are hanging these, around all, yeah man faith evans Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jodeci, Mary okay? J. Blosh. They ain't know nothing about this shit. Oh. <laughs> I was having a good time. You know what I mean? Does he have you doing any chores? Are you doing dishes at all? I mean, to keep you humble somewhat? Or are you just like, can you stay up till four in the morning with them and party? I mean, I could. I yeah. actually stayed up longer than them. <laughs> and, I, and, what kind, and do you have money? What's going on? I mean, I had like per diem. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, had, I had like, you know, what like a, a living. life. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. 14 years old. You're a dad now. Would you ever send your kid to puffy camp? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I just want to show another clip. I I should look like you fresh off goddamn plane. I just, I just, I just. the guard stage. That's my brother right here from day one. We used to wake up and, I mean, damn, pause, but like, check this out. 
I mean, I mean, back in the days when he was like 10 and I was a little bit older, his older brother, we used to fight over the over the Frosted Flakes. You know what I'm saying? Before pause was invented. You know what I'm saying? But it's my brother for real. We used to actually wrestle off of the, off of the Frosted Flakes because he used to always get up early. Yo, what the fuck did Puff just say? Nobody's going to acknowledge this for me. Puff just said we used to wrestle over the Frosted Flakes. And we're streaming live. That was stupid. Listen, that was fucking stupid. Listen, are you usher made in? Hey, yo. He's high as fuck. They're just high. I guess for everyone watching this clip, they were like, oh, he's just obviously saying that, like, Usher slept in his bed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, because they lived together while he was a young teen. And then, like he said on Howard Stern, he got to see a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone, I think. But in- Usher seemed to have like a great sense of humor about it. He was like, I was what? 13. I got bring- to see craziness. How would you bring this up in public and not try to act like that? I Well, I feel like if Usher was somehow sexually abused at a young age, he would not be so cool about it on Howard Stern. Okay. To talk about it. I feel like he would be like, no, 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 no. This is off limits. We don't talk about this. Or I, I just feel like there would be like there would be more like obvious trauma attached to it where oh, he would just but... be like, we're not talking about this. OK, but my yeah. understanding with watching Leaving Neverland. Uh-huh. Which I never watched. Oh. Oh. Do we need to watch that after this? No. Okay. Those boys, while they were being groomed by Michael... And living with him and sleeping in his bed and then ultimately being molested. Mm -hmm. They were high on the attention that he was giving them. And then they were like, oh, and this makes me feel good. Uh Uh-huh. They didn't see it as a problem until much later. Yeah. They thought they had like a special relationship. Yeah. Well, but I'm saying that Usher is like doesn't seem to see it as a problem now. What? Except yeah, for the fact that he wouldn't allow his thirteen, he wouldn't allow his child. That's true. I, he, everyone knows that they live together now. What is he going to say about it? Yeah, but I feel like okay, if there was real trauma, if there was really like shit that went down that was like you know soul crushing to Usher, he would not. Ugh. I know people deal with things in different ways, but I feel like he wouldn't have been so easy breezy on Howard Stern about it. I just don't see how else you could be. I mean, no. at that point, if you're Usher, you'd be like, we don't talk about this. He's on the radio live with Howard I Stern. I know. Before you go on, your people say, we don't talk about this. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. He well, just he okay. seemed like he, there seemed to be no discomfort. Can I just tell you? Yeah. After, you know, Usher did his time with Diddy. Um, then when Justin Bieber was kind of up for grabs, oh, people were um, like, I don't know how else to say it, bidding on him. Like there was a fight from Justin Timberlake and Usher, like who was going to get him. Oh, OK. On their label or whatever. I don't know. Or OK. But Usher won. Uh-huh. And... Now everyone thinks Usher molested Bieber. I just can't believe all these people are molesters. Like I, everybody I is. Well, I understand that there's like you know there's a couple, maybe more per capita, okay. in the music industry. But I can't believe literally everybody is like repeating the cycle of victim victimhood. Okay, 
Yeah. Do you disagree? Yeah. Okay. Another person who almost died Uh is Jamie Foxx. No shit. Yeah. I don't think he wanted it to be in the news, but also he couldn't make that decision. Wait, he recently almost died recently. Mm -hmm. He had like some weird thing that he's not totally willing to talk about, but he's just saying like, I'm on the mend. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember. Interesting. And so this is somehow connected to... P. Diddy? Here's a or clip. Or whatever. P. Love. Here's a clip of him talking about Diddy's secret parties. Okay. <gasps> secret parties. So I followed him the whole time. I remember watching Puff at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I'm filming this. And it's a pool party that is ridiculous. Jamie Foxx is the latest celeb to speak out on Diddy's rumored secret parties with younger men. However, fans are saying the real truth is even more disturbing, and Jamie is probably holding back because he doesn't want people to know the wild things he was doing at those parties. Rumors about Diddy being on the DL and having a fondness for younger guys have been circulating for years, and multiple people have come forward to say they personally witnessed some crazy stuff taking place at Diddy's infamous house parties. You know, when you Google his name, there's a rumor that pops up uh-huh. that he was Diddy's boy to him. Oh, shit. I can't wait to run into him again. What you going to say to him? Fuck he's playing with your booty in Miami. (laughs) You know it was in Miami. But what about Jamie Foxx? What does he know about Diddy's alleged gay parties? Rumors about Diddy being in the closet are nothing new, and they've actually been going around since the 90s. However, all this speculation surrounding Diddy's sexuality recently took a dark turn when a new set of rumors popped up that Diddy had been grooming young and upcoming singers for years. It all started after Diddy's former protege, Usher, broke his silence on how when he was 14 years old, L.A. Reid sent him to live with Diddy in New York City and attend Diddy's flavor camp. I moved to New York City. I have lots of things to say. Do you want to hear them? Okay. Okay. So first of all, sexuality is very fluid. Like, Mm -hmm. I have had plenty of experiences with men who are ostensibly and probably in their lives straight, like hetero-romantic. But they like a boy's asshole every once in a while. Mm. And I don't think that makes... You mean I, I feel like a legally are... consenting adult man's asshole? Exactly. Yes, exactly. So I don't think that liking to have sex with a man as a man makes you gay. It's wanting to have a life with a man. It's wanting to have a, rel- <laughs> like a romantic relationship with men. Uh-huh. I think there are a lot more like straight guys who are like, as they say, heteroflexible uh-huh. nowadays. Or in general, but it's they're more able to express it nowadays. So, uh, like the idea that they're like, "Oh, Diddy's gay," I'm like, "No, I don't think he's gay. I do not doubt that he likes to fuck guys." Based on the history we've seen, everybody's like falling into this like binary idea of sexuality and male male relationships that I think is unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I wanted to point that out. That's true. I think it's probably. More taboo for these black hip hop guys to yeah. be gay. Yeah. So I also think, um, like, whenever people were to have homosexual relationships, yeah. not even be gay, I don't think they're gay. Yeah. I think, kind of going in line with what Usher said, uh, Diddy has these parties. A yeah. Lot, and anything a goes. Lot of sex. Anything. That's the thing. I think this is gay, straight. Yeah. Anything, anything goes. Diddy doesn't give a shit. Well, and the the thing about that is like, I'm like, it's not so much the gay stuff. It's the underage people stuff. 
Well, it's the underage people stuff, and it's just the licentiousness and the just like in depravity in its own way, like especially with the underage people. But it's like, you know, homosexuality, whatever. It's just anything, um, child molestation, anything goes, it seems. And yeah. It just, from all of these interviews where they're talking about Diddy's parties and Diddy's lifestyle, it's just like, shit's crazy, man. And they feel like they can talk about it with each other, mm-hmm. but they have to sort of code it or not say everything mm-hmm. when they're on video so people don't fully understand what is going on because it's that fucking crazy right yeah so i want to read some stuff from the cassie lawsuit okay yeah so so cassie's like a new artist Mm -hmm. she had a song and she's looking to get signed Uh and he signs her to bad boy records okay so she's 19 let's read that part miss ventura met mr combs in 2005 when she was 19 years old okay and he was 37 years mm-hmm. old oh wow in 2005 he was already 37 mm-hmm. okay he old i don't he was I born no in idea. 1971 oh my god he's so much older than i am when were you born 77 got it yeah wow um, so he signed her to his label, Bad Boy Records, and within a few years, lured Miss Ventura into an ostentatious, fast-paced, drug-fueled lifestyle mm-hmm. and into a romantic relationship with him. Yeah. Her boss, one of the most powerful men in the entertainment industry, and a vicious, cruel, and controlling man, nearly two decades her senior. Mm-hmm. This is what the lawsuit said. Yeah. Mr. Combs asserted complete control over Miss Ventura's personal and professional life, thereby ensuring her inability to escape his hold. Do you know Cassie? No. I think you need to know. I wasn't sure if she was like a hanger-on or a, like a hip-hop starlet, but did she have she like a legit... A oh, she did? Oh, okay. So she had like a legit entree. Do you remember this? No, not okay. a bit. This was like me in college. Oh, okay. I think she's fine. She's beautiful. She's talented. Whatever. This video is full of a lot of empty sexual imagery that, like, absolutely makes no sense and is not supposed to. You mean, like, her just sitting there being like, oh. Like, why is she in this, like, I don't know, boxing gym or whatever, dancing in front of a mirror while she decides whether or not she wants to, like, make a move in this, like, relationship where she's obviously sexually besotted with this man who is off stage it's just it 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 brings me to a lot of places where it's just like it's just about sex it's it's just about sex but it's like it's it has no i don't give a shit about the relationship i don't give a shit about her as a character it's nothing is making sense in terms of a storyline it's just an excuse to make her seem empowered 
and while also over sexualizing and demeaning her. Mm. That's what I say. I hate the line in the song where she goes, "He, they heard I was good. They want to see if it's true." Yeah, and I'm yeah. Like, but and the thing is, yeah, the whole like sort of um the whole overlay of the video is that she's like. She's making this decision. She's in touch with her sexuality. She's making this decision in a mirror with herself. But it's like, no, Mm-mm. it's it's it, the video itself is sexualizing her. Yeah. You know, like in a way that doesn't feel empowered to her. Right. You know? Yeah. Throughout their relationship, Mr. Combs was prone to uncontrollable rage and frequently beat Miss Ventura mm-hmm. savagely. Oh. Adding insult to injury, Mr. Combs used illegal substances and threats of violence to force Miss Ventura into repeated unwanted sexual encounters with male sex workers. Oh. Over the years that Mr. Combs... So wait. Okay. So that means he wanted to watch her fuck men. Yeah. So there's like a cuckoldy thing going on. Yeah. All right. We get more details. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Miss Ventura has now fully escaped Mr. Combs, but the harm that the assault and sexual abuse he calls he caused her to experience for nearly a decade will forever haunt her. She has required intensive medical and psychological care to recover from the trauma she lived through. So like they got like they weren't together in 2005, but that's mm-hmm. when they met. Okay. And then I think they were together. Yeah. Until pretty recently. Oh, okay. Um, she had two kids. Yeah. Not with him. Okay. And then she went to rehab. Mm-hmm. And then that's when she started to be like, oh, I have a lot of trauma to confront. Yeah. So then she, like that law came out where there's... Uh, no statute of limitations or like the statute of limitations yeah. was almost up. Yeah. So she put in this lawsuit and... A lot of people dropped lawsuits, like the ones yeah. we were talking about, Russell Brand, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, dropped lawsuits before that Adult Survivors Act uh, expired. Right. That's why there was a huge influx of news about people being accused at a certain point in time recently because that was expiring. Then think about all the people who have died around P. Diddy. Yeah. And now that she put this lawsuit out there, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, well, if she turned up dead, yeah, people would look at him, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah. So this is kind of like the best thing she could do. Yeah, just to not be killed. Yeah. Wow. All right. Are we saying that P. Diddy is allegedly a multiple murderer. Yes. Okay, good. I just want to clarify that, that that's where we're going with this. Okay. Because I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think Justin Timberlake helped. What? I do. I'm sorry. (laughs) They both body history. I know you Exactly. He said that in that one episode where you were like, What's his body count? Yeah. And I was like, that's what people call it when they're asking how many people you've well, been. I'm using it in the old fashioned sense. <laughs> yes. How many people has Justin Timberlake killed with P. Diddy? I just I don't know. think Justin Timberlake is killing. I think he's just being an asshole. He's being an asshole. P. Diddy, killing. Killing. Murdering. Collecting the money. Exactly. I'm moving to the part. Of the lawsuit that's called factual allegations. Okay. Because you know how lawsuits have all this boring stuff? 
Yes, at the they beginning, do. that's like here are the defendants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very it's like a slow moving barge. Miss Ventura met Mr. Combs in late 2005 or mm-hmm. early 2006 after Mr. Combs heard Miss Ventura's first single playing in a club, which was the song I just played you called "Me and You." Oh, okay. Um, he expressed interest in signing her to his label, Bad Boy. At the time, Miss Ventura was 19. Mr. Combs was 37. Within months, in February 2006, Miss Ventura signed a 10-album deal with Mr. Combs. 10-album deal? Yeah. That sounds draconian. This is what he does. Yeah. He finds new artists, Mm -hmm. and he signs them. And he kind of does the thing that, like, Lou Pearlman did with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Did you know he made himself the sixth member of the group? Oh, I... I know that he did like a lot of shit that was basically, it's like, you are owning these people for the yeah. rest of their lives. And he was like, oh, I get a cut too because yeah. I'm the sixth member. Okay. Why do you think P. Diddy's in everyone's videos? Oh, okay. Oh, so he... That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he gets like a producer, he gets like yes. a certain songwriting credit, which gives him Well, and then he doesn't perpetuity. pay them. Yeah, okay. So he's like, this is my song. I pay you a flat fee for the actual thing, but you have nothing to do with it because I took over the intellectual property be- by virtue so. of the fact that I was in it. I think so. Wow. And he is in it, which is like, well, I was in it too. I yeah. just think he's a narcissist. Oh, he definitely like, yeah, he definitely needs the attention, and he knows he's not a good performer. Promoting the album, Miss Ventura made television appearance on MTV's Total Request Live and BET's 106 and Park. Okay, within a year of signing with Bad Boy Records, Mr. Combs became deeply entrenched in Miss Ventura's life, almost immediately asserting possession and control over her and inserting himself into all aspects of her career and her personal life. In November 2006, Mr. Combs invited Miss Ventura to perform his song, Come to Me, along with him at the MTV Europe Music Awards in Copenhagen, which mm-hmm. I watched, and it was terrible. Oh, really? Can we watch it right now? Yeah, do you want to? Yeah, I do. Can we turn it down a tiny bit? No. <laughs> Actually, we can't. So loud. <laughs> These cannot dance. Oh, that's her? Okay. Thoughts of me coming on live. She digging my 
style, my swag, my sway, my swerve. My way with words, the boys observe for sure. You can't fall to my aura calder. I make miracles like I walked on water. What you want, mama order? It's on my tab. I'm so bad with the cash. I drop a whole bag. Where you at, girl? Do you need to say any more? I don't need to say any more. Can I just tell you something I think about his performance style? Yeah. It looks like if I, me, were to study hip-hop artists who rap on stage. Yeah. And, and then like, be like, I choreographed this dance. No, ex- chore- if I were to be like, okay, these are the th- if I wanted to like pretend to be somebody who could do hip-hop or rapping. And I like mapped out every move and was like, okay, like intellectually, here's all the styles. Here's all the things I have to do. And I practiced really hard. And and then I went on stage. That's what it looks like. It looks like he is copying other people uh-huh. because he has no natural sense of how to perform on stage or how to do this thing that he has dedicated his life to. <laughs> seriously he is that he just he looks like a middle class kid who is fucking imitating his idols who actually have some real fucking experience with not that i do with whatever this is Mm -hmm. you know who actually uh, everybody he performs with it seems more organic it seems more real it seems more lived for him it's just like he has no it's it's all it's all copycat Mm-hmm. It's all it's uh, it everything I've seen. It feels like all copycat. Well, I cannot kinda, help it. It's kind of funny because you said like when we were reading that school that he had went to and you were mm-hmm. like, wait, I think he grew up rich. I think so. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what he looks like. Yeah, he he just looks like it. Look, He looks like a white boy. <laughs> that's exactly what I was I'm thinking. Just, I, that's why you're like, he looks I'm like how I would look. Stab- no, honestly, I feel like I'm going to get stabbed in the face for this. He looks like a white boy who's really learned how to fake it well, but will never have that sort of like organic, instinctive ability to sell it and really like live it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm also talking as a white person. It's like, what do I know about the lived experience of a hip hop artist and how that reflects no, in their art? I know. But I can see it's dishonest. It's dishonest. It, I can see that. It doesn't seem natural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's keep reading the Let's lawsuit. Let's keep reading the lawsuit. Basically, it says that he invited himself to her 21st birthday in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. She's so young. Although Mr. Combs knew Miss Ventura was in a relationship, and even though he was publicly in a relationship with Kim Porter, uh-huh. Mr. Combs nevertheless pursued Miss Ventura at an after party in a hotel suite following Miss Ventura's 21st birthday. Mr. Combs pulled Miss Ventura into a bathroom and forcibly kissed her. Okay. Uh she did not consent. She immediately ran out of the bathroom and cried. She mm. told her best friend at the time what had happened and that and she was too scared to tell anyone else. Yeah. Um, I feel like everybody is too scared to like actually tell the truth about Sean Puffy Combs. Yeah, but I also think this is just like a pattern of being in the music industry. Anytime yeah. you're in an industry that like everybody wants the job. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like where you're completely replaceable in a heartbeat yeah. because there's like 15 and then that's people what they lining tell up behind you. you. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. like, well, if you don't fucking suck my dick, I'll find someone who will. And you're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> okay, I'll suck a dick. <laughs> okay, so then it gets to um, one particular night around September 2007, Mr. Combs insisted on taking Miss Ventura out. Okay. Miss Ventura ac- acquiesced. Fearing that rejecting Mr. Combs' request would have repercussions Mm -hmm. for her album deal. Yeah. Mr. Combs picked up Miss Ventura from her apartment in Manhattan in a blue luxury vehicle. Uh Uh-huh. Miss Ventura was surprised that when she got into the car, Mr. Combs was already inebriated. Okay. he's driving, by the way. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's in a luxury vehicle. He's driving? Let's see. Okay, Okay. He handed her a pill and told her to take it. Oh. When Miss Ventura asked what the pill was, Mr. Combs dismissed her and told her she would like it. Okay. She later learned the pill was ecstasy. I figured. Something Miss Ventura had never before tried and did yeah. not want to try. Uh-huh. This was the first time Mr. Combs got Miss Ventura high. Mm-hmm. Mr. Combs then proceeded to drive recklessly. Because he's drunk. Yeah, he's the driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so he's... It just seems weird to me that he's driving his oh, own I know, car. I know. Yeah. Because he okay. was in a blue luxury vehicle. I mean, maybe he just doesn't want anybody talking about how he's like, he's already drunk and giving somebody else drugs. What do you mean he doesn't want anybody talking like about Like the him? driver who can probably like see everything or knows what's going on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the thing that we all laugh about with celebrities is why do they always get DUIs when they could clearly have a driver? No, seriously. Yeah. Okay. So he drove reckless. <laughs> Recklessly, recklessly, at very high speeds down the West Side Highway. Okay, Uh, Miss Ventura was very scared, but did not dare to. Okay, driving recklessly at very high speeds down the West Side Highway is every day. That's not. (laughs) Yeah, down the West Side Highway in New York. Um. uh, Then there were things from the lawsuit that I wrote down because I thought that they were interesting, but I think you got a good idea. Mm-hmm. Of how it started. Yeah. I mean, it started like everything else seems to start with him in terms of like he completely embeds you in his life and his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not a professional. There's no professional distance between like, I am your producer. You are my artist. You know, you live your life. I live mine. We come here to collaborate. It's like you need to live with me. I need to completely infect your identity and your sense of self at a young age. And utterly control you, right? Yeah. I think what you lose in the lawsuit when you're writing, you're trying to cover all the things that he did. To yeah. Him, yeah. Is you're like, well, when did like the relationship part happen? Because uh-huh. there was a point in time where she identified herself as his girlfriend. Okay. You and know? like, when did you have that conversation? It's like, you know, yeah. you and me are together. Yeah. Let's change our Facebook status. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it just kind of goes on to say that he introduced her to a drug-fueled lifestyle that kept her complacent. Okay. So maybe there was no conversation. It just kind of was understood. Oh, it was just like, I've decided that you are And she's on drugs, and she's like, I mean... Well, she's on drugs, and she, like, you know, she wants success, and she's worked her entire life to get here. Yeah, that's what she's there for. And she's like, all right, if I gotta do this for a little while, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Combs first introduced Miss Ventura to opiates around 2008. Ew. Would often have pills and other drugs out in the open like candy. 
Okay. Mr. Combs has been addicted to prescription painkillers and took ecstasy frequently. Okay. At first, Miss Ventura was given the prescriptions that Mr. Combs received from a doctor. Eventually, when Mr. Combs exhausted his supply, he demanded Miss Ventura procure prescriptions from the same doctor in her own name. Mm. Mr. Combs became deeply involved in Miss Ventura's personal life, with his personal staff attending to Miss Ventura's day-to-day travel and other needs, including medical care. On multiple occasions, Mr. Combs had Miss Ventura's personal medical records sent directly to his email address. For instance, when Miss Ventura began experiencing memory loss, potentially due to excessive drug use or head injuries caused by Mr. Combs' beatings. Jesus Christ. Her MRI results were provided directly to Mr. Combs. Mr. Combs also repeatedly arranged for his staff to drive Miss Ventura to doctor's appointments. Yeah. So, uh, like, we're, we're, this is happening, they met in 2005, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is happening at a time where it's like, Me Too... Like, all of this is not a factor, and things are still very much, like, protecting the male figure in a relationship. Yeah, so she had, like, for years, she had no option except to, like, keep this going if she wanted to continue to, like, have a livelihood and a career and everything she had worked for her entire life. That I'm just realizing that. That fucking sucks. Like, just to have absolutely no recourse when you know you're being treated like shit. And taken advantage of and utterly controlled. Ugh. Well, so then I think she would use the drugs to like dull the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was her coping mm-hmm. mechanism. Yeah. And he's giving them to her. Yeah. To dull the pain and be a coping mechanism so she won't say anything. So he would be like, I really want us to get together with like a male sex worker. Uh huh. Cause like, you know, he wanted to watch. Yeah. Um, there, a lot of that was detailed in it, but, mm-hmm. um, he would call those freak offs. Oh, he'd be like, let's go have a freak off. And okay. so then they start calling it in the lawsuit an F.O. <laughs> so in or around March, 2016, during an F.O. Mm-hmm. at the Intercontinental Hotel in Century City, Los Angeles, Mr. Combs became extremely intoxicated and punched Miss Ventura in the face, giving her a black eye. After he fell asleep, Miss Ventura tried to leave the hotel room, but as she exited, Mr. Combs awoke and began screaming at Miss Ventura. He followed her into the hallway of the hotel while yelling at her. He grabbed her and then took glass vases in the hallway and threw them at her, causing glass to crash around them as she ran to the elevator to escape. She managed to get into the elevator, and when she got to the lobby... The lobby? When she got to the lobby, quickly took a cab to her apartment. Upon realizing that her running away would cause Mr. Combs to be even angrier and completely stuck in this vicious cycle of abuse, Miss Ventura returned to the hotel with the intention of apologizing. When she returned, hotel security... So she's apologizing to him for him giving her drugs and punching her in the fucking face. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So she gets there, and, like, the hotel security staff sees her, and they urge her to get back into the cab and go back to her apartment, suggesting that they had seen the security footage. Mm -hmm. And then it it basically says, Upon information and belief, 
Mr. Combs paid the intercontinental century city $50,000 for the hallway security footage. Whenever these things happened to her in public, Mm -hmm. he was able to like pay someone off to get the tape. So like they couldn't take the tape. I don't, I don't doubt anything. I don't doubt that at all. I just think that's a good example of the way that he conducts himself and the control that he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was able to be like, send me her medical records. Well, everything that I'm hearing is about control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the fact that all these people do this for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because he's got a ton of money. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he can have anybody kill. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that might be a part of it. It's just like people, his reputation might precede him. These three or four people died under mysterious circumstances. I feel like that reverberates out. Oh, right. And then in 2012, I guess they had a rough patch. So she started dating Kid Cudi, Uh who's another rapper. Is it Kid Cudi or Kid Cutie? It's Cudi. Is it Cudi? All right. I always thought it was Cutie. Like, Cutie, he's cute. But it has a D in it. I know, but C-U-D-I? Cutie. Why not C-U-T-I-E? Cutie. I thought it was C-U-D-I. <laughs> it is. Oh, okay. Why would you pronounce C-U-D-I cutie? That's all I'm saying. Because why would Why wouldn't you spell it like cutie then? I don't know, because you want to be weird and not like... Okay. Totally obvious about it? No. Oh, really? Okay. He got mad uh, and said to her, like... He was going to blow up Kid Cudi's car. Uh-huh. And then around that time, Kid Cudi's car exploded. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Honestly. So, uh, well, this is also, these are her allegations. This is her accusations. You know, we don't have the answer to this particular filing yet. I, I, I think He's settled. That's the answer. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, you didn't know that? Well, okay, okay, okay. Why am I defending him? Because I totally think he's a murderer and guilty. But, like, people settle for all kinds of reasons. People settle. He just, he probably doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't think it's going to be serious. He's just like, pay her off. Get her out of here. I'm going to continue with my career. As you've said in the past, nobody's ever really canceled. He's like, this will die down. I don't give a shit. It, It doesn't mean necessarily that he's confirming the accusations. No, I know that. Yeah. But... Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, but the thing is, it's like, okay, so Kid Cuddy's car might have exploded at some point, and then she retro... Uh, I'm trying to believe victims, but sometimes if she is not being completely honest, she could have retrofitted that very easily uh-huh. into saying that he said this. Do we have any corroboration in... uh Not in the lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. I could tell you other sources oh okay are there other sources for that let's see all right a a lot of what she said completely comports with his obvious behavior in the past with other people i'm just saying with the kid cuddy thing it could possibly be where she's retrofitting something that happened to say like he said this in order to maybe like beef up her case and that's not necessarily makes it, that doesn't make necessarily make everything else untrue. It could just be like, uh, I kind of got to zhuzh this up a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're trying to say 
Maybe Kid Cudi made someone else mad at him. Exactly. I mean, there's... the Then Cassie yeah. went, see, it yeah. was him. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's just one claim I, I sort of like... I'm not calling bullshit on it, but I'm like, let's think about that a little further. But the rest of it seems par for the course for Mr. Mr. Diddy's relative behavior. I just want to show you this video that Mr. Diddy posted. Mr. Diddy? What the fuck is this? When did this happen? What is going on here? Why would he post this? I don't know why he would post it. But did he post it somewhere? Yeah. Where? Snapchat. That's fucked up. She want my... What? What you got to say now? What you got to say now? You ain't got shit to say when you put your girl on the snap. Baby. Yo, baby. I mean, shit getting weird. Come on, baby. It's hot outside. You fucking rap. This is insane. Dog on the beat. That's weird, right? That is absolutely insane that it would happen and that he would think it was acceptable thing to post on any public forum. Maybe he's just on drugs. Well, no, no, no. Obviously, he's not in touch with what is normal or acceptable behavior anymore. He thinks this is okay. I get that. But this is fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like, just to talk about the video, he is is saying these words to somebody who, uh, a person who is obviously like wrapped in a blanket trying to protect himself. And then the caption is what? This is Cassie in a blanket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he thinks this is an acceptable thing to post. Yeah. Onto social media. And it's clearly like there's no reason to do that. Mm-mm. That's fucked up. Like he thinks this is okay. Mm. He's out of his mind. Absolutely. He's totally guilty of everything Cassie says. Yeah. Did he murder most of the people in his life when they started to talk, give their version of who he thinks he is? Possibly. Wait, let me tell you. Um, okay. Recently, he came out and said he wants to give publishing rights back to his artists. So. Okay. I mean, that means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to look good. He's trying. He's always trying. Okay. 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 He's a narcissist. This is total like fucking psychopath shit. Uh huh. He's totally like it. He just he wants to get rid of people who are trying to destroy his concept of himself and how he tries to present himself thus he murders people (laughs) or has people murdered who are starting to write memoirs where they tell the truth about him because he can't deal like he has this whole vision in in his head about how he became successful and who he is and how great he is that anything they say would contradict they need to go um And obviously with Usher and with uh, Cassie, he's extremely controlling in a way where he's like, I need to have some kind of like influence. I need to get my fingers into every aspect of your life because that's the only relationship that I can understand where it's like I totally control everything. I mean, these are totally like narcissistic, psychopathic traits. And so the fact that he might have like killed anybody who got in his way does not surprise me. And I, I believe Jaguar, right? She's She seems like she's on the level. So he came out and said in September 2023, he's going to give publishing rights back to his artists. Uh-huh. And he said, despite receiving multi-million dollar offers to purchase Bad Boys Publishing, Combs chose to reallocate publishing rights to the label's artists yeah. and songwriters 
in an effort to promote the financial mobility of artists. After he's already made all his money off of anything they can provide. Yeah. Right? So back in the 90s, he had this artist named Mace. Okay. Who's like really cute. And I always am like, what the fuck happened to Mace? Show me a picture. I just remember him saying at some point, that he was done with the industry. Yeah. I thought it was because he made a ton of money and he could retire. No, because his butt had been invaded so much. <laughs> Probably. He's like, my asshole is done with this industry. That's oh, he's cute. Uh, he looks he looks a little bit like oh, there was one guy that you showed me. He looks like him. 50 Cent? Yes. Yeah, they're both cute. Oh, yeah. No, but they're cute in a similar way. Oh, so I have a type. So I'm, yeah. Well, you have a type and maybe, uh, maybe Mr. Diddy, Diddy has, has a, a type. type. Yeah, okay. I totally think so. Mace posted on Instagram. Yeah. And he said, I heard you loud and clear when you said that you are now for the artist. And to that, my response is, if you want to see change, you can make a change today by starting with yourself. Yeah. Your past business practices knowingly, your past business practices knowingly has continued purposely starved your artists and been extremely unfair to the very same artist that helped you obtain that icon award on the iconic bad boy label. In his post, Mace wrote that Combs was underpaying him for song publishing from his early days as a bad boy artist. Yeah. Combs still had his publishing rights from 24 years prior, which Mace was paid $20,000 for. Uh, He's a mogul who thinks he's a rap. Basically, over the years, he's gotten new artists over and over again, and then they've all come out and said they weren't paid. Yeah. They didn't really have like sophomore albums mm-hmm. because that's when they figured out that they weren't going to get paid. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Making the Band where he made the girl group Danity Kane. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. That's what I was um, singing when you got here. Oh. How we gonna fix it? Fix it? Fix it? You make it sound like a. a- fucking song that like Christmas elves would be singing. How we gonna fix this little horsey? (laughs) That's what it sounds like. But you're talking about her pussy, right? No! Oh, okay. I don't know. What are they they fixing? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm gonna show you the video, I guess. (laughs) Basically, one of the, um, like, front people of that group yeah she's been doing the interview circuit now okay and she was like oh yeah he's saying he's gonna give us our publishing like we know that means nothing like yeah. diddy is the guy who doesn't pay his artists yeah then it doesn't she matter said, now who gives a shit the song isn't like anyone, I know, whatever I know. yeah yeah then also she said that she kind of got all of the shit while she was in that group mm-hmm. and the person interviewing her was like why and yeah. she was like, because I wasn't willing to do yeah. the things she, she was wanted the, me to do. She was the Effie White. Who's that? Have you ever seen Dreamgirls? It's a musical. Yeah, but who's Effie? Effie White. She's the Hudson? one who's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I am telling you. That's okay, the one. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't happens even think to that Effie. Much. Yeah. Um, well, no. Effie gets... Like kicked out. Well, first of all, she gets impregnated by the like the manager of their band. 
Oh. She thinks she's going to be like the lead singer, but then she's overtaken by Dina, who's like the Diana Ross Beyonce? figure. Exactly. Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. And then she, you saw the movie, didn't you? No. Oh, and then she like goes into obscurity for a little while, has her baby, and then her brother who was like one of the songwriters is like, Oh, I have this great new song. You should record it. And anyway, she's like, she has a reputation for being difficult, but she comes in on the tide. So that's Aubrey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She's trying to say it without saying it. Uh huh. And she's like, I wasn't willing to do the things that he wanted me to do. Yeah. Which means pimping her out to his friends and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, well, what happened with the other girls? And Aubrey's like, I was the only one that was expected to do those things. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Why? Why her? I don't know. Oh, okay. I why think... Why her specifically if she's the one who's saying, like, I'm not doing this shit? She looked like she would do it. Oh, okay. Did like, she have, like, sort of... Would, I mean, Because you can be, like, a party girl. Yeah. A party person. Yeah. But that doesn't mean a you're going to take over p- other people's shit. Well, like, the, a couple of the other girls are married. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So she's like the single one, but she was like, no, I'm not doing whatever you tell me. I'm yeah. doing what I want to do. Yeah. Like, just because like, like I'm slutty doesn't mean you can like give me to yeah. whoever you want. Right. Yeah. What I have taken away from this is if you're a new artist, uh-huh. when you're entering the music industry, mm-hmm. okay? So think about when Mariah Carey was entering the music. I don't know if yeah. you know about her. I... I n- I mean, I know about her, but w- was there a particular story attached to her entering the music industry? She married Tommy Matola. Oh, I know that. I know that. Yeah. Okay. So I want to show you what Jaguar has to say. Okay. Jaguar, I love you. I never wanted to fuck with nobody in the game until I had made it because I wanted equality. Uh. I never wanted anybody saying the only reason she made it is because she's such a such girl. The only reason she made it is because it's mm-mm. no, I-, I wasn't trying to go the Mariah Carey way. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, you know, when I think about how she got signed to Sony, it still kind of fucks me up because when you have that much talent and you still got to suck dick to get your demo tape mm. approved. And this was after being, you know, the lead background for Brenda K. Starr. Just a demo And building tape. Brenda K. Starr and all of that. Like, this is after that. Everybody knows what happened between her and Tommy Matola and that motherfucker shit on the way to her first listening party. They seen her coming up from giving him head in the back of the shit. And everybody knew. Everybody talked about it. Mm. That's why she got the access that she got. She ended up marrying him, didn't she? Then she made him divorce his wife and made him fight her for alimony and child support after that woman had been married to him for 25 years. But do you respect the girl that got good head enough to get make that happen? Or is it? Listen to me. This is how I feel. Whole shit is whole shit. Yeah. Music shit is music shit. Worst thing that ever happened to females in music was that they started using whole shit to market music. Ugh. Okay. I love her so much. I just want to say that. I love Jaguar. I yeah. But I, I think she's got a point. Uh-huh. Oh, if yeah. If you look at the Cassie lawsuit. hmm I always wondered why the fuck Mariah Carey married that guy that oh, then but yeah, later she was like, he kept me a prisoner. And I'm oh, like, well, what? Course. why did you marry him? You were yeah. so talented. Well, I think she felt like she had to. Okay. If somebody in comedy 
Okay. Came up to you. Okay. And was like, basically, <laughs> I have some names in my mind that I'm not going to say. Well, like people who um, would like, try to get me to fuck them. Well, no, people who are in great positions of power and influence. Why don't you say their names? In comedy. Well, I'm thinking Horatio Sands. But oh, because of the lawsuit? Because uh, Horatio Sands was well known for taking advantage of younger Often underage women. I didn't know that till this lawsuit came out. Oh God! I I heard you about, knew. Oh, I heard about oh, his shit it went around years ago. Oh. Yes, this has been. This is not new. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, if somebody not Horatio Sands, because actually nobody gives a shit what he can do for them, right? But you know, um, if a, a serious comedy power player was like, "Suck my dick and I'll make you famous," would you have done it? Because I would have. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think that that makes... Because some people tried to be like, Jennifer Lawrence sought out Harvey Weinstein to do that. And I'm like, even if she did, Mm -hmm. she's still participating in this hierarchy that's fucked up. Well, no, it's like, this is just like... Uh, Mariah Carey doesn't have a choice. It doesn't matter how talented she is. Yeah. It doesn't matter how talented anybody, any of these people are. This is the way it goes. And you know that going in and you're just like, okay, if I want to get my talent that I know I have out there, I'm going to have to suck some dick, you know? And I feel like that's the way, like, the music industry in particular, this section of the music industry seems to work. Yeah. You know, so it makes me think if you look at any new female artist uh-huh. coming up, um, a lot of times they come in with somebody like yeah. if you think like Ashanti. Uh-huh. These might not be people that you're that I you knew Ashanti, but Ashanti got a bunch of songs with Ja Rule. Uh huh. I don't necessarily think Ja Rule was grooming her. But, like, she got replaced by Jennifer Lopez. Oh, you know? okay. So now Ashanti is marrying Nelly. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Beyonce came in, started dating Jay-Z when mm-hmm. she was a little too young. Yeah. So it's like all these female artists, regardless of their level of talent, which is often protean. right. right feel like they have to attach themselves to a powerful man in the industry in order to get heard. Well, look, Beyonce's still married to Jay-Z. Nobody's ever said that anything's going wrong in their relationship. Well, obviously, he's a huge cheater. That's yeah. something that is right. pretty But no. Beyonce, there's a video that I can link where um, Beyonce like knew that Diddy was abusing Cassie, mm-hmm. and she went up to Cassie at a party and like try to talk to her or yeah. something and it was like Beyonce, what, what did she try to say like, no i don't know okay and that's not the point the yeah. point was like um people knew this was happening yeah of course they i don't did. think beyonce thought oh i can do something about it she was just like i'm on your side yeah i feel like it's more like the idea of like the women in this industry mm-hmm. try to at least alert each other to be like this is the way it is this is what's happening in your life because I've come out the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know, like, you're being taken advantage of. This is the road. And do you want this to be your life? Because that's what it will be. Maybe. Well, I think, like, the title of this video was, like, Beyonce and Jay-Z knew. 
Yeah. But it was like, yeah, they knew there was nothing they could do. Yeah. They knew because this is the way it works and it's blatant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was like, well, okay, so was there a similar thing happening with Beyonce and Jay-Z? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe it worked out nicely for Beyonce uh-huh. and that she loves Jay-Z. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But there um, still is that thing where it's like you have to attach yourself to a powerful man. You could like him. You could not. You have to do it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. By the way, this episode is sponsored by Ciroc. Ciroc and Meats and Cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say something. Yeah, what? I don't think Diddy created Ciroc uh-huh. vodka. He attached himself to it, somehow became the marketing person. It is yeah. quite good. Yeah, it is. It is quite good. And it was recommended to a friend because she was on an elimination diet. Oh, okay. And so this because it's clean have, It's like clean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I like it. And um, I think you can drink it without. Uh, associating with Diddy. Yeah, well, yeah, well, because I always thought Diddy, like, uh, the whole hip-hop thing was more like Patron. Like, that was more their sort of, uh, what is Patron? Is that tequila? Tequila. Oh, I I felt like it was more like a Patron thing. And I always wanted to try it since I found out it's a vodka made from grapes. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. It's quite interesting, isn't it? It's If Diddy did one thing right in his life, it was to bring Ciroc into all our lives. (laughs) Everything else he's done has been fake. Uh-huh. And disgusting. And we hate his performances. Okay. Oh my God, he's so I bad. made a super cut of him <laughs> not. doing the ad-libs in a Biggie song. So oh my God. I cut out everything except him being like, <laughs> Oh my God, show me this immediately. Okay. Oh, uh, oh, uh, come on. That's a, come on, what? do it. Oh. <laughs> Take that. Uh, come on, thank you. We on it. We on it. Basically, Diddy, we think you suck. Uh-huh. We wouldn't be upset if you went to prison. No. No. We wouldn't miss you. No. I, what are your not contributions? Yeah. Except well, for Ciroc. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ciroc, okay. He didn't um, make it, though. You know, like, it's imported from France. I mean, if you want to talk about his contributions, it, regardless... Of the way that he treated the people that he collaborates or brings forward. He did bring forward a lot of like really talented people. Mm-hmm. Like somebody f- set, found that he had a gift for artists and represent, uh, repertoire. And apparently he really did. But then he fucks it up. He fucks it up because he thinks he should be yeah. in the limelight. And he absolutely should not be. No. No. He's terrible. Ugh. Did he? Did he get off the stage? Stay behind the scenes, don't rape, and don't perform. Because I don't know what is more assaultive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's more assaultive, but, but also, let's also, not like, discount. Let's uh, absolutely not. So, uh, do you feel more educated? I do feel more educated. Yes. Good. Yeah. Um, I feel I feel more educated and also sadder i know because i learned a lot about the music industry and what it takes to make it there and it's um it's terrible because apparently you just need to suck dick all day long no matter how talented you are there's no way to make it in a pure way i thought that was like uh quite the revelation about Mary. oh god poor thing you know and she really is she's incredibly talented yeah. Incredibly talented, like, but it does not matter. It doesn't you matter. still have to like let people take advantage of you. 
I tell you, somebody who would love to make music is Izzy. She would. She's she's been ringing her bells she, all day. She wants to make jingle bells. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so everybody, uh, our Instagram is online bullshit pod, and so you should follow us. Is that what people do on Instagram when they follow us? Yeah. Okay, yay. You should follow us on Instagram. We want to hear your thoughts, too. Yeah, and we want uh, not bots, too. We've been getting real people, I think. We have. We got, like, a DM from somebody who was like, I'm person and I'm following you. And yeah. we're like, yay, we, we love loved you. it. Exactly. So At least one. But if you have things, if we got things wrong, please uh, which comment. We, uh, being we're white, usually wrong. Being white people in this particular... We don't know everything. Yeah, we have no idea what's going on. So please, feel free to set us straight. And with that, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Passing through the fields of white on this happy Christmas night. Off we go through the snow. Bells are ringing. We'll be singing. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jing jangle. 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 Open sleigh, hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. We're dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. All the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. Oh, what fun it is to sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. A day or two ago. I thought I'd take a ride And soon Miss Fanny Bright Was seated by my side The horse was lean and lank Misfortune seemed his lot He got into a drifting bank And then we got upset Upset? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Dashing through the fields of white on this happy Christmas night, off we go through the snow. Bells are ringing, we'll be singing. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jing jangle. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jing jangle. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jing jangle. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jing jangle. Ju 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 jingle bell. Ju 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 jangle bell. Ju 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 all the way on a one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.